You're tuned into tomorrow. Right here on the Advanced Media Network. This Into Tomorrow podcast is hosted by our partner, Blueberry Podcasting. We couldn't be happier with their service. You can get 30 days of podcast hosting free by simply visiting their website at blueberry.com. That's like a blueberry without the E's. So it's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com. Welcome Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline, the interactive radio network program with the latest in high-tech products and services and the experts who bring them to you. This is Into Tomorrow. Here's Dave Graveline. Happy birthday, America weekend. This is Into Tomorrow, our 26th year on the air. And for the weekend of Friday, July 2nd. 2021. I am Dave Graveline. I am Chris Graveline. And from the Dexcom G6 Studios, we come to you. Make knowledge your superpower for managing type 1 diabetes. Visit dexcom.com. And of course, when you're having your barbecues this weekend, as we have planned at your place, bring in some of the staff and friends over. It's going to be nice as long as it's not going to rain. Yeah, and as long as y'all are out of there by like 7 p.m. I beg your pardon? I thought we were going <laughs> to combine it into game night with Cameron and game stuff. Game afternoon. Game afternoon. Okay. All right, everybody, get out. I can yeah. see it now. Anyway, well, that better be a darn good barbecue. <laughs> and I better get some take-home. We'll see. So I can have some on Sunday. And bring enough so that you can take some home. <laughs> see, that's how it works. That's uh, Anyway, some tech news and commentary before we get to your calls. Philip standing by in Louisiana and a whole bunch of others participating, especially now, during our cool Into Tomorrow hot summer giveaway. We've got so many new things that we've added this week, so be sure and stay tuned later this hour. In a few minutes, we're going to be sharing with you some of the new goodies that we've added. Facebook has joined the ranks of a $1 trillion company. Oh, that's wonderful. (laughs) You know, that that doesn't make it any better. <laughs> yeah. They're the, the fifth U.S. company to reach that milestone. It now joins Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, and Alphabet, which, of course, is Google's parent. It's yeah. funny how, how the, the, uh, tr- all the trillion-dollar companies in the U.S. are tech companies. That's not funny. It's just obvious. Yeah. And all, all uh, companies that uh, spy on us, I mean, use our personal information. I mean, uh, uh, sell us products. Yeah. That, that we are the product. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. I, I remember telling you before we came into the show that, you know, I'm tired of hearing people say that, you know, you know if you don't like the way Facebook works, then just don't use it because it's a, it's a free product. And, you know, no, it's not free. It's not because, you know, we pay for it with our privacy. Yep. Or lack of privacy. Yeah. Speaking of Facebook, this week a federal judge dismissed antitrust lawsuits against Facebook, Inc., filed by the U.S. government in most states. Unfortunately, a major win for Facebook before the cases even got off the ground. The FTC had alleged Facebook engaged in a systematic strategy to eliminate its competition, including by purchasing smaller up-and-coming rivals like Instagram in 2012 and WhatsApp in 2014. The U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia dismissed the Federal Trade Commission's antitrust complaint against the social or anti-social media giant, calling it legally insufficient. It also dismissed a similar case brought by the attorneys general of 46 of our 50 states. That's sad. You Mm -hmm. would think that they would all have it together. Now, that doesn't mean they can't bring it again where they have more legal sufficiency, I guess. 
But holy cow. Well, and it was the cancellation of those two uh, cases that pushed them over that trillion-dollar mark. As soon as mm-hmm. that was announced, Facebook stock rose like 4%, which then put them over that threshold. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> so not only did they get away with murder, yeah. <laughs> so to speak, but it pushed them over well, the trillion-dollar threshold. Yeah. They, they have murdered our privacy. Boy, that's for sure. Yeah. Mm. It's hard for us down here in Miami to imagine life without air conditioning, but that's a reality for many people in cooler climates, and they usually don't need it. Uh, Take Seattle, for instance. The the climate is normally very temperate there. I remember years ago visiting Seattle in the middle of June when I'm used to temps like in the high 90s here in Miami, and it was maybe in the mid-60s. That's not been the case this week. Um, a so-called heat dome, a heat wave that hovers over a region, has pushed temperatures into triple digits across the Pacific Northwest. As a result, Amazon has joined other companies in the region and opened part of their headquarters as a cooling center for local residents. Really? Uh, Come with, on in. Just yeah. bring your money. Well, it's, it's with a 1,000-person capacity, the Amazon Meeting Center is among 36 locations where local residents can seek refuge amid uh, unprecedented temperatures. So... I don't say this very often, and I probably will never say it again, but kudos to Amazon for joining in on that. Yeah, we won't let them get such a big head, but yeah. good on them for a change. We talked a lot last week about the new Windows 11 coming out. Some are saying that Apple's always sold itself as the anti-Microsoft. Now, Windows 11 is the anti-Apple, and it's doing that by targeting the iPhone. So be sure to listen to our Microsoft announcement highlights in our three of today's show. And if the station you're listening to us on doesn't carry all three hours, then make sure you stop by our site, subscribe to the free podcast, or check out the post. There you go. Into tomorrow.com. Don't miss it. Philip in Shreveport, Louisiana, listens on 710 Keel, and we love you for it, calling in using the free Into Tomorrow app. Wanted to know more about cell phone power boosters. I got one on my truck, but for some reason, I don't know it's really working. Um, How can you check for that? Well, Philip, the only real test is to see if your signal is better or not when you use it. If this one is in your truck, then odds are that sometimes it's helping because there's a little bit of a signal, but not enough for your phone's antenna. And it's boosting it enough to be usable. But trucks move, so sometimes there's probably not enough of a signal to boost. And other times, there's probably no benefit in using it because the signal was fairly good to begin with. Yeah, signal boosters are power devices. There's the antenna, but there's also a repeater that needs to be plugged into power to be able to operate. If you want to know if the booster is having an effect, just unplug it when you think your signal may be low and look at your phone's bars. Uh, If they stay the same, then it's probably not helping. But if they drop or you completely lose service, then your device at least was having an effect. Yeah. And of course, if you're on a call, be sure and warn them. That you're going to unplug your booster. So if I lose you, I'll call you back. Philip, I hope that helps you out. Let us know if we've been able to answer your question. And stay tuned. Let's meet at intotomorrow.com. Texting enrolls you in recurring automated text messages. Message and data rates may apply. Hi, I'm Frank Thomas, the Big Hurt. After I left baseball, I just couldn't stay in shape like I used to. Turns out, once you hit 40... Your body has less free testosterone, and that can make it harder to get into shape. So I got back into the game with Nugenics. I'm feeling stronger with a lot more energy and drive. You want to get back into shape? Get Nugenics. All you have to do is send one simple text. Frank's right. 
Just text STAY to 321321 to get a complimentary bottle of award-winning Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC. Its unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testofen, a patented key ingredient clinically researched to help a man feel stronger, leaner, more energetic, and more passionate. And guys, she'll like the difference too. Nugenic samples are not available in stores. To get your complimentary bottle, text STAY to 321321. That's S-T-A-Y to 321321. Welcome back into Tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline, our 26th year on the air, bringing you the latest in consumer tech products and services, gadgets and gizmos, all sorts of cool things available today and into tomorrow. Of course, we're in the middle of our huge annual, highly anticipated, exciting, cool into tomorrow hot summer giveaway. So we want you to participate on the program, and it's so easy, so many ways you can do that. Ask a question about consumer tech. Help another listener by adding to one of our answers, perhaps. You can say, yeah, I had that experience, and here's what I did in addition to what you suggested. Uh, Maybe your ideas, hopefully, are even better than our suggestions, whatever the case. We just want to hear you on the air. And like that, automatically, you win. We don't make you jump through hoops. You don't have to be the 99th caller. You don't have to answer goofy questions. You just participate, and you win in the summer giveaway. It's so easy. Visit us at intotomorrow.com. There's a little Ask Dave Mike button, and you can click that and ask that way. You can use our app, of course, and message to studio, or you can do it the old-fashioned way. still works. Call us anywhere toll-free from North America, 800-899-INTO. That's 800-899-4688. And you can do all of those things anytime. We just want to hear you on Into Tomorrow. In what could be a big tech turning point in our hometown of Miami, leaders are looking ahead to a major tech conference right here next year. Hopefully we'll even broadcast from that. We'll see. The Founders Fund is a venture capital firm, and Varda is a space manufacturing startup. We're fortunate to have the principal and founder of both joining us now. Uh, Delian Asparahov. Was I close, Delian? <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. It's definitely not the easiest name in the world to pronounce. No, we're gonna we're gonna call you Joe Smith. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But Delion, uh, thank you for spending a couple of minutes with us. And and I understand that you're joining us from just a few miles south of our studios, also here in Miami. You're in the Miami Design District. We can see some of that over your shoulder, brickle and that kind of thing. That's very cool on our video. Uh, tell me first a little bit about uh, Founders Fund and Varda, and then let's get into other things that are exciting and upcoming. Uh, yeah, so Founders Fund is one of the premier venture capital firms uh, that was originally based in Silicon Valley, founded in 2000, I believe four or five from a lot of these sort of early, uh, you know, PayPal uh, co-founders, uh, you know, Peter Thiel um, and Ken Howery, uh, you know, Luke uh, and a few others. Mm-hmm. Um, and over the past, you know, now it's been, I guess, 17 years, um, has steadily invested in some of the world's uh, most game-changing technology companies. Uh, some of the ones that we're best known for are being the early backers of uh, SpaceX, uh, Airbnb, uh, you know, Wish.com, uh, Affirm, uh, and many, many uh, others. Uh, and, you know, most recently, uh, about uh, 
early in 2020, I think is when it was announced, uh, raised roughly $3 billion of new funds to continue to invest um, into sort of, you know, game changing, you know, startups. Uh, and sort of speaking of, you know, game changing startups, one of the companies that Founders Fund invested in uh, was a company that I actually incubated. Uh, Founders Fund is known for over the past few decades, actually incubating companies. That means we create them ourselves, come up with the idea um, and basically put together that sort of early founding team. Uh, it actually first happened in you know, 2004 when the firm got started. Uh, Peter Thiel actually incubated Palantir, uh, which maybe some of the uh, show is familiar with that uh, recently went public. Uh, and more recently, about three years ago, we incubated a company called Anduril uh, Technologies, which is trying to cr- become a next generation defense prime. Uh, and I just incubated Varda, uh, which is basically making the Quipi one-liners the world's first space factories. Um, <laughs> the idea is we basically take materials from down here on Earth bring them up to space. And there's, for a variety of reasons, a ton of benefits from fabricating or manufacturing them in space. Uh, and then we bring them back down. Uh, and so we've raised a total of uh, $15 million so far. Uh, and our first mission will be Q1 of 2023. Wow. A lot. I mean, there's a lot there. <laughs> I think that's pretty awesome because certainly very tech-related, which obviously is what we cover. Now we got to figure out how you can incubate a 26-year uh, radio broadcast about tech. Uh, <laughs> we'll see about incubating us. Uh, but I think that's fascinating, the kinds of things that you do. Now, you, you don't uh, uh, sponsor, if you will, or, or fund only your ideas, right? You are looking for others with great tech ideas and bring them to you and see what you think might be viable in the business? Absolutely. Yeah. Obviously, we've incubated these three companies, but 99% of our portfolio is people, you know, external to the investment firm coming to us, pitching us, you know, on their idea. Uh, and a majority of the time, we're funding things that are, you know, sort of uh, a handful of co-founders, uh, you know, in a pitch deck in a garage type thing. Like, you know, we're very comfortable with funding things in the very, very early stages. Uh, and then, you know, ideally, we like to support the company, you know, all throughout. So, you know, from that sort of first, let's say, a million or two dollars, all the way up to the, you know, a $400 million pre IPO round. Wow. Uh, one thing that I really like about Founders Fund is we're known for being a sort of like full stack investment firm. So we take you all the way from seed, uh, you know, to IPO and have done that, you know, for, you know, some of these companies that, you know, I mentioned previously, uh, you know, in our portfolio, like in SpaceX, I think our first check into the company was in 2007, but we did in the latest round in 21. So, you know, we've supported the company for over, you know, 14 years now. That's terrific. And clearly they are doing things that we talk a lot about on this show on a regular basis. So that's really neat that you've been there from the ground up, literally up uh, with SpaceX. So keep up that good work. One of the things that you do that really impresses us is, is one thing that we've tried to do in our 26 years on the air, and that is to help promote startups. You know, everybody knows about the big companies. Everybody knows that they're doing what they're doing. And, and while a lot of the bigger companies don't need any more uh, funding, perhaps, because they're funding themselves now to, to the tune of a lot of money. The smaller companies that have great ideas and maybe just need that kick, that little push. Um, it's always like at various trade shows around the world. Remember the good old days when we could all travel? Uh, but we used to, and of course we will again soon, we hope. But we used to always go to these trade shows and we'd look around the outskirts of, of these big convention centers, CES, IFA, Mobile World Congress, all these various shows. 
And we'd look for the smaller companies because, again, everybody knows the, what the big companies are doing. Yeah, we'd report on that, of course, because everybody wants to know. But it's the smaller companies doing really unique things in the tech field that we think deserve that extra hand, if you will, uh, to promote what they're doing. Clearly, you feel the same way. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely part of why people you know, choose our investment firm, let's say, vis-a-vis you know, other offers that they have. It mostly comes out of the fact that once they sort of get an investment from us, there's a lot of you know, tangential benefits that happen afterwards, right? Because we've had such a track record of success, that makes candidates more likely to be interested in working at your company because they think, hey, it's a founders fund back company, and that is a lot easier to get press and attention, right? Uh, you know, when you have you know a funding around with us, and so we'll help introduce you to reporters at everywhere from you know the Wall Street Journal to you know TechCrunch to you know sort of all over the place. And then the other thing that I think we've done well is you know some amount of our own distribution channels. So uh, the the investment firm runs its own podcast where we talk about sort of uh, what we think are, you know, the future deep technologies that are, you know, going to be brought on. And a, a lot of our investment team members have relatively large followings on, you know, Twitter, their own podcasts that they run as well. Um, it's, those tend to be distribution channels. And so that's definitely, you know, a part of what we help out with is, uh, you know, take a company that, you know, has 10 employees uh, and give them the attention that maybe traditionally would only go to a company that has thousands of employees. And turns out that helps accelerate a lot of things. It gets you a lot of candidates, customers, yeah. uh, you know, potential employees. And so, um, I feel like half my job is, you know, kind of being the you know, party promoter for my startups sometimes. <laughs> That's a good point. And, of course, don't forget the ability to perhaps be on the Into Tomorrow broadcast as well, which, you know, gives us that opportunity to help promote more of these startups and more of these smaller companies that deserve uh, the promotion. So that always gives us the warm fuzzies, knowing that we can help uh, some of those folks. Uh, talk to me a little bit about um, uh, the whole emerging of Miami as a maybe even a refuge, as, as some people have referred to it, uh, for tech entrepreneurs. What does that mean? Yeah, I mean, it definitely, you know, it feels almost like out of this world to say that, like, Miami is now, you know, competing to be one of the largest, you know, tech hubs in the United States, where Yay. two years ago, you know, I would have thought you were crazy for saying so. <laughs> yes. uh, but COVID was just this black swan event where, you know, I think, you know, Florida in some ways dealt with it, you know, much better than a lot of other, you know, uh, states did. If you look at it on a per capita basis, right, California and Florida effectively have the same number of cases uh, versus, you know, California went through a lot of draconian, you know, lockdowns, ruined yep. small businesses. Um, it's, you know, really had a devastating effect there. And so I think at some point over the course of, you know, the first six months, nine months, 12 months, a lot of these sort of top tier venture capitalists that were either living, you know, in California, in New York, started to get frustrated with the, you know, uh, you know, policies and the way that the sort of government was reacting to COVID. And in combination with that, for the first time, it became very sort of like socially acceptable to be an investor over Zoom. It used to not be totally acceptable. You with founders in person. They had to come fly out to you wherever you were. Um, and only then could you seriously consider it uh, versus it was much more now socially acceptable, if not the default that you had to Zoom with founders, especially because there's now just so much uh, capital entering into the venture capital ecosystem. Mm-hmm. It's very much a sort of like, you know, in some ways like seller's market, i.e. like if founders are selling their equity, they can kind of choose whoever they would like to sell it to. And, you know, hell, with Varda, I've seen this. It's very advantageous to rather than like, you know, driving around to a bunch of different offices, you know, maybe I can do 
two, maybe three, maybe four investor meetings in a day. Instead, I can stack 12 Zoom calls, you know, back to back and run a much tighter fundraising process and leave the in-person stuff for when we're, you know, getting close to deciding on who to take. And so in some ways, not only did it shift to Zoom, but I can do my job very effectively over Zoom. And so a handful of people last, let's say, you know, July, August, September in 2020 decided to like move out to Miami. And I just started this slow rolling effect where it just has steadily picked up steam. And then in particular in December was when all that steam sort of came to a boiling point and really started to uh, national attention where I actually had this tweet where at the time I wasn't living in Miami, but sort of pithily tweeted about, I knew all my friends that had moved there. And I was like, guys, you know, this is when, you know, San Francisco decided to shut down out despite there being, you know, no uh, scientific evidence for any outdoor spread of COVID. Yep. And somewhat frustratingly tweeted out this pithy tweet that I was like, what if we move off Silicon Valley, Miami? Um, that tweet went very viral. And then the mayor of Miami quote tweeted it with the, uh, with the text of, uh, how can I help? Question mark. Um, and unbeknownst to him, uh, that just general phrase or, you know, uh, uh, you know, that general anachronism of how can I help uh, is extremely popular in the Silicon Valley venture community. Sort of what venture capitalists always say when they don't want to invest, basically, because like if they want to invest, they just say, like, how much can I invest in the company? And if they don't want to invest, well, they want to seem friendly. So they say, how can I help? And so it went really viral within Silicon Valley because everybody's like, oh, my God, this is a mayor that is like speaking like a venture capitalist and he wants to help. Uh, and so that got I think that tweet got on. You know, CNN, Washington Post, Wall Street Journal just got you know tons of attention, and so all of a sudden that just amplified what was already happening of like all of these people that are moving here, and so that even started convincing me to move, and so I ended up moving to Miami maybe about two and a half, three months later, um, and then running you know a spontaneous sort of tech conference with all the people that I knew were here that you know, brought even more attention to it, um, and that ball only continues to roll. I know people moving to Miami basically every week now. Oh, yeah. And welcome to Miami. We're glad to have you. We've got to interrupt and take a quick break and then talk more with Delian Asparohov, the principal and founder of Founders Fund and Varda. Stay tuned as Into Tomorrow continues. When you're a new podcaster, you may need a little help setting everything up. Like us at Into Tomorrow, you want a company that's there when you need them, who actually picks up the phone when you call. That's Blueberry Podcasting. Call 1-877-729-8642 or visit Blueberry.com. That's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y dot com. Welcome back into tomorrow, our 26th year on the air, covering the latest in consumer tech. We're talking with the principal and founder of Founders Fund and Varda, Delian Asparahov. And reference to your uh, Zoom discussions, for the most part, that's terrific, of course. Uh, we've been doing a lot of Zoom interviews the last year and a half because it also is convenient. Of course, we get that bandwidth issue with some occasional breakup like we've experienced here with you and I chatting. That's unfortunately part of technology. It gets better as we go. Um, but uh, I think it's terrific. And one of the questions I've got, you mentioned that uh, suddenly there was kind of a glut, if you will, I'm paraphrasing, uh, in venture capital monies available. How did that happen? Was it uh, companies making money or venture capitalists that said, hey, I, I have a little more than I thought because I've not spent much, so now let me find worthy uh, causes, if you will. 
Yeah, I mean, it mostly comes down to the significant number of IPOs. There's sort of like a dearth of IPOs in you know 2019 tech IPOs and 2020 totally you know shift that back. Massive companies like Airbnb, you know, DoorDash, uh, you know, Snowflake, uh, all being extremely well received by the right? I think on average those companies were uh, you know came out at 60 to 80 billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you think about it, you know, of those companies, typically 20 to sometimes you know 50 percent uh, of the company is actually owned by venture capitalists. And so you're talking about sort of billions and billions of dollars that was returned to what are called RLPs, which is our limited partners. Those are basically the people that invest in us. And typically where venture capitalists get their funds from or typically think like, you know, Harvard's endowment or, you know, hospital like uh, fund, uh, you know, endowment or pension funds of particular states. Um, and basically what happens is when we return that capital to those states, um, they basically reallocate it directly back into venture capital firms, some portion of it. And so if we return five, you know, let's say $50 billion, they just immediately are very happy with the investment class and return $25 billion back to continue investing into the future startups. And so nice. um, a lot of what's causing it is just the success and the sort of investment returns uh, venture capitalists have provided over the past decade that are now uh, very much becoming liquid. There's sort of, I feel like a like, you know, stopping point or in some ways a, a holdback of a lot of IPOs. Uh, you know, in like 2019 and early 2020. And then now the gates have totally opened. It's just been a flood of IPOs, which means liquidity to the venture capitalists, which means liquidity to our limited partners, i.e. our investors, which then feeds right back in. And now, means, you know, and I think it's generally very great for society. If there are a lot more people now interested in funding somebody with their, you know, garage startup, uh, you know, just you know, one or two employees. Uh, and because of Zoom, those, you know, garage startups don't need to be in Silicon Valley anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you look at Founders Fund and the company Companies that we've backed over the past two or three months, they've been in you know Atlanta, Miami, New York, Chicago, um, you know the, London, all over the place. So we're much more willing to distribute our you know funds and where we invest in a much more disparate, geographically disparate manner um, than honestly we were before COVID, uh, largely because of that same sort of effect of Zoom. Gotcha. And of course, uh, uh, because of that, uh, that's terrific that now it speaks volumes for other tech companies, especially startups with some great ideas. And while we have nothing close to a valley here in South Florida, we might as well be uh, the Silicon Valley of of the South uh, and hopefully take over one day. You know, we all have big plans. Why not? Right. We (laughs) got to think about that. Now, before I let you go, I do want to get your take on some advice for some of these small companies. We've got a lot of folks listening on a regular basis uh, that say, I've had a great idea. I just don't know what to do now, or I don't have funding to move it forward. What advice would you give? My biggest advice is I think most people, when they have an idea, they dive into actual like building the idea or writing the code or creating like the first like, you know, hardware prototype. And I think what most people underappreciate is that a lot of like startups and company building actually comes down to storytelling. And that what you should instead focus your time on is putting together that sort of 20 to 25 slide presentation that explains why this is a great idea, why it can become very large, what's the differentiated sort of approach that you have. And by the way, why are you the superhero for this story? Why is your team, the people that are working on it, sort of the best people like that are best suited for it. The example that I always like to give is like, Elon's been a very great CEO for SpaceX. Mark Zuckerberg's been a great CEO for Facebook. But can you imagine if they like swapped jobs? 
Mark Zuckerberg has no idea how to crack the whip on like space engineers and get rockets on the land. And man, Elon with his tweets, like you think that like Zuckerberg's had a tough time in front of Congress. Like imagine <laughs> Elon with his tweets in front of Congress. Oof. That'd be a real brutal time if he started joking about Cambridge Analytica like on his Twitter feed. Yes. Uh, and so oh, they would be disasters on either side. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, you know, thinking through sort of why am I the superhero for that story, for this story um, and telling that story really well. Um, and then send that set of, you know, sort of 20 to 25 slides to some of the top tier venture capitalists. One of my best investments is this company called Sword Health. The founder is based in Porto, Portugal. So this isn't even like Lisbon, Portugal. This is like the second biggest town in Portugal. Not that big. He reached out to me over cold email, basically saying, hey, Dalian, I've read your essays on how to tell a good story and like the advice that you've given online. I've tried to follow that. And like, here's the story that I've told. Here's why I think my company in the middle of Portugal can become one of the largest U.S.-based digital healthcare companies. And we have this very interesting technology that we've been working on. Lo and behold, he got me hooked. I was in Portugal a week later meeting with his team in person, decided to fund the team a week after that. Um, and now the company has raised, I think, a total of almost like $100 million. They're one of the fastest growing startups in the United States. I think they've hired like on the order of like 100 people here. They have an wow. office now in you know, Portugal that's like 200 people. Um, and so, you know, extremely fast growing, you know, since then. And so, um, you know, opportunities, you know, can be right in front of you, no matter where you're based in the world, it just uh, matters. Uh, all that matters is sort of thinking through exactly what your story is and how to tell who you are and what you're working on and why that's super exciting. Oh, for sure. And it must make you feel good to know that you have incubated yet another company, that you helped a yet another company with a great idea. And of course, it's tech related. Real quick, because we're fast out of time, but what's the plan for next April here in Miami? Uh, a big uh, tech hub kind of uh, emerge. America's thing? Are you working with that organization as well? Yes, we're creating sort of like a Miami Tech Week uh, that is an umbrella for a variety of different you know groups that are hosting events. Uh, Emerge Americas is one of those. Founders Fund will be hosting a series of events. There's a couple of other local groups uh, that will be hosting events, um, and so it'll sort of be you know I call it uh, like kind of like the South by Southeast, uh, you know, sort of our equivalent of that of a big tech conference you know down here uh, in Miami. Um, and so you know, look out on my Twitter feed, the mayor's Twitter feed, for sort of more details as we get closer to next year uh, and next April. And of course, stay tuned into tomorrow because with your input to us. We will keep everyone informed as well. And hopefully we'll get a lot of folks joining us here in Miami, uh, what is our hometown, yours now as well, and see what happens. Meantime, visit foundersfund.com. Of course, we'll link you there when you hit us up at intotomorrow.com. You can also check out varda.com, V-A-R-D-A.com for more. Uh, Delian, you're a, you're a delight to chat with. I see that there's so much more we've got to cover when we've got more time. And hopefully we can broadcast from this big event coming up in April in Miami. At least for a change, we wouldn't have far to travel. It would be nice to see what's happening there and to promote as many companies as we possibly can that are involved in this tech world. And we love doing that. That'd be amazing. Thanks so much for having me on today, Dave. It's a pleasure. Thank you again very, very much. Foundersfund.com. I'm Dave Graveline bringing you further into tomorrow. Stay tuned right here on the Advanced Media Network. Attention Medicare beneficiaries. Are you getting all the benefits you need? If you have Medicare, you may now be able to get new benefits. Benefits may include eyeglasses, wellness visits, gym membership, meal delivery, and hearing aids with low copay. You may even find plans with zero monthly plan premiums, zero copays on many services, and zero deductibles. Call 800-901-5093. That's 800-901-5093. 800-901-5093. 
Let's start off this segment with a little into tomorrow fun tech fact for you. 51% of internet traffic is non-human. 31% is made up of hacking programs, spammers, and malicious phishing. With the pH, of course. Just our luck. Isn't that wonderful? I wish I could say I was surprised. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Into Tomorrow continues. I'm Dave Graveline, still working on getting the voice back, so bear with me, but it's better than it was. And I'm Chris Graveline. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by HughesNet, high-speed satellite internet available wherever you live or work. Text RADIO to 35000 if you'd like more info. Again, text the word RADIO to 35000. Jump aboard the time machine. You've got mail. Time to head into yesterday with This Week in Tech History. History, 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 history. Here's Chris. History, history, history. This week in 1886, Carl Benz officially unveiled the Benz Patent Motor Wagon, the first purpose-built automobile. And that was, that's what it was called? Yes. The Motor Wagon. The Benz Patent Motor Wagon. Okay. Wow. Well, great googly moogly. It was a three-wheeled automobile with a rear-mounted, single-cylinder, two-thirds horsepower engine, and it reached a top speed of a whopping 10 miles an hour. Stimpy! I'm so happy! Due in part to financial difficulties after the First World War, Benz, who was known as the father of the automobile, merged his company with Daimler Motors Corporation in 1926, forming the company we know today as Mercedes-Benz. See, and a lot of people are saying, what do you mean he was the father of the motor vehicle? Wouldn't that have been Ford? It was not, but Henry Ford, he, he did invent the moving assembly line, which made cars not only affordable, but cut the time from about uh, 12 hours down to two hours to assemble a car. Affirmative. And made them affordable so that an average American can afford a vehicle. There you go. In 1953 this week, the first commuter passenger service by helicopter began in America's largest city. New York Airways provided rides for busy people who wanted to avoid the traffic below. Founded in 1949 as a mail and cargo carrier, New York Airways was headquartered at LaGuardia Airport and offered a one-way flight to Idlewild Airport, known today as JFK, for $4.50, which is equivalent to about $45 today. I love helicopters. In 1997, the Mars Pathfinder spacecraft, launched by NASA from Earth in December of 1996, entered the atmosphere of Mars. A heat shield, parachutes, and airbags helped it land safely. The Sojourner rover searched the surface of Mars for rocks while millions of Earthlings watched it on TV and the Internet. No! I remember watching those live pictures as they came back. I was standing in your living room, and I remember I just got, I got to wait and see if there's a little green guy staring back into the camera. <laughs> I, know. I think a lot of people, including at NASA, were saying, hey, we just don't know. So let's take a look ourselves. Yeah. But it's live yeah. and with delay, of course, but it was still live. Yeah. We had no idea. And this week in 2011, Space Shuttle Atlantis was launched on the final mission of the U.S. Space Shuttle Program. Atlantis is currently displayed at the Kennedy Space Center Visitor Complex, with its payload bay doors opened and mounted at an angle to give the appearance of being in orbit around the Earth. The angle at which the shuttle is mounted at 43.21 degrees pays tribute to the countdown that preceded every shuttle launch. Four, three, two, one. A multi-story digital projection of Earth rotates behind the orbiter in a 64,000-square-foot indoor facility. That ought to keep the little squirts happy. It does. That's our look back at This Week in Tech History, brought to you by IFA in Berlin, the global innovation show since 1924 for consumer tech and home appliances. Check out ifa-berlin.com. And let's mosey on over to Houston, Texas, where Sone listens to the free Into Tomorrow podcast, brought to you by Blueberry. Hello, Sone. Welcome Into Tomorrow. 
I'm in the process of getting a uh, air conditioner for my little room, but I'm confused between the uh, mini split system and the window unit. Uh, I'd like to know which one is better and what are the plus and minus on both of them. Hmm. Well, it's, it's kind of tech, I guess, yeah. even though we don't usually cover air conditioners. But the better system depends on your needs, of course, and how much you want to commit. The window unit obviously wins easiest installation, and you can secure it to the window frame yourself in a few minutes. After that, plug it in, and you're ready to go. The split unit will have an inside blower and an outside compressor. You need to punch a hole through a wall to connect the two, and depending on how your house is set up, you may need to hang the outside unit on a wall. Now, the split unit is much better in terms of noise. The, the noisy part is kept outside your house rather than half in and half out, and it allows you to keep your windows closed. The last part is also why they tend to be more efficient than window units. And in the Houston summer, you'll probably notice that. Uh, the window unit can easily be pulled and stored or moved to another location and does minimal damage to any structure. So if you're renting and think you may be moving soon, it might be a safer way to go if you want your security deposit back. So, yeah, good point. And so and I hope that helps you out. Again, we don't normally cover air conditioning units, but we'll talk about that as a tech. Thing. Well, there are some pretty high-tech um, window air conditioning units that use apps and Wi-Fi. Well, so that's true. Okay, there you go. That was the bit of a stretch, but yeah. maybe we helped him and others with a similar question because it's all about hearing you on the show. The cool Into Tomorrow Hot Summer Giveaway. Oh, man, I mentioned that we've added a whole bunch of cool new things that have arrived in studio so we can mention them to you. So here's the key. When you call in and participate, mention two or three of the items you hear or that are listed in the post at intotomorrow.com. No promises, no guarantees, but we'll do our best to get one or more of those to you. For example, from Cut and Go, they sent us two cases full of the Into Tomorrow branded emergency seatbelt cutters and window breakers. These things should be in every car. Yes. Um, from RoboRock, we've got an S6 Max-V robotic vacuum, True Vision, Smarter Action. This thing's valued at 700 bucks. Nice. From Skosh, man, they sent us a giant box full of all kinds of goodies, including their Boom Bottle waterproof wireless speaker with built-in magic mount, their PowerVolt USB-C fast charger for the home. How about the Rhythm Plus 2.0 armband heart rate monitors? A lot of cool sc- stuff from Skosh. From OWC, we've got a bunch of their USB-C travel docks to simplify your mobile connectivity. And they sent a few of their Envoy Pro Electron 1 terabyte USB-C SSDs. Uh, from Tivic Health, we've got several of their clear-up microcurrent devices to relieve congestion from colds, flus, and allergies. If you've got an iPhone, especially an iPhone 12 or Pro Max unit, or how about some Apple watches? We've got cases, all kinds of total protection series rugged cases for you to help you protect your iPhone. If you're like me and you've lost your car keys on more than one occasion, uh, maybe you could use from Car Keys Express. They sent key and remote replacement kits for many popular vehicles. Uh, Razer has also sent the Black Widow Light Silent Mechanical Keyboard and a Kyo webcam with a built-in adjustable ring light. We continue to get a whole lot of stuff that we want to share with you, like from TypeWise. If you've got an Android device, tablet, or phone, promo codes for a lifetime subscription. 
to the very popular TypeWise custom keyboard for Android devices. And this is just a small handful of the items, because when the orchestra ends, so do we with listing prizes. But we got a lot more. Stay tuned. We're going to tell you more of them as well. And how do you participate? You could use the Into Tomorrow app and use the Message to Studio button to send us a message right here. You could uh, stop by intotomorrow.com, click the Ask Dave microphone and record a message that way. Or you can use the Ask Dave hotline at 800-899-INTO. That's 800-899-4686. All the details at intotomorrow.com. Attention. Do you owe back taxes, fines, and penalties to the IRS? The IRS now offers new relief options for taxpayers affected by COVID-19, but you can't go it alone. Call Tax Solutions now. Our team of former IRS agents and tax professionals can get you the best deal. We know the COVID-19 rules. Call us and never speak to the IRS again. I couldn't sleep. We were being audited. I called Tax Solutions now and a great big weight was lifted off my shoulders. I called Tax Solutions now and they got the IRS off my back. Tax Solutions now had my wage garnishment lifted in 48 hours. The virus has caused the IRS to take extensive action to help taxpayers. So if you owe $10,000 or more, this is the best time in years to settle your tax debt. I qualified for the Fresh Start program. I paid less than I owed. Remember, the IRS will not give up until you pay. Call Welcome back into tomorrow. I am Dave Graveline. And I'm Chris Graveline. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by Blueberry Podcasting. If you want to become a podcaster, you'll soon discover the options can be a bit overwhelming. Blueberry makes it easy. Visit blubrry.com. Dennis in Slidell, Louisiana. Welcome into tomorrow. I can use Google Maps, but I'm a truck driver. Google Maps sometimes sends me down roads that I shouldn't be on. Is there a good Google Maps out there? And I would like to have one that also showed radar so I'd know where it's raining. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, there you go. And that's a great question, Dennis. It's important that you obviously travel on roads you're allowed to be on uh, because of, of bridges, overpasses, uh, maybe the road weakening, you know, whatever the case. Uh, so there are GPS-like apps made specifically for truckers. Look into something like Hammer, uh, Truck Map, or Trucker Path. They're all designed for professional drivers like yourself with the kinds of needs and restrictions that everyday car drivers don't need to deal with, like finding weight stations, finding diesel, and spotting the best prices and so forth. Now, we haven't seen any that incorporate a weather radar as a map overlay, so you may need to keep a weather app handy for that task, but you should at least be able to enjoy routing that applies to the size and weight of your vehicle you're driving and be able to find some extra information that applies to you and your needs without having to buy a physical truck GPS like a Garmin diesel or a Rand McNally TND. That's true. Some of them can get a little bit pricey. But uh, I use a, a simple free radar app on my phone all the time just to see where rain is coming. And I've done it when I've been driving as well and just kind of zoom out. 
and and you get a better idea. But most good weather apps on any phone these days will also give you detail about that. And of course, my my first thought was, well, you're in a car, just look out the window. But then I figured yeah, but, he's probably looking you know, along his route. So. Yeah, duh. <laughs> like, you know, should I stop here and have a sandwich while the rain passes up ahead or drive through it? Yeah. So, duh. <laughs> Dennis, it was a good question, and I thank you for participating on Into Tomorrow. Of course, that qualifies him. Not qualifies. He wins automatically in the big summer giveaway. 800-899-INTO, or even better, use the Into Tomorrow app. It's free. Get it on your phone and participate and win. 